Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Elijah Streams. Today's Monday, February 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Kelsey O'Malley. I'm filling in for Steve Schultz. And I'm excited about today's show because you guys know Mondays we have Johnny and Lo on with us, and I'm sure he's going to share um, some prophetic updates about the Super Bowl because we know Johnny always has his the games of the scores and uh, you know the scores of the games and who's playing, and so I'm excited um, to hear all that today. But before we bring on Johnny, we just want to thank you guys so much for all your support that you show to us, um, your generosity that you give. And we just want to share a quick video of what some of your donations go directly towards. Thank you guys again so much for your financial giving, for your prayers, for your support. Um, If you feel led to give today, you can donate um, online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate can mail a check. I'm sure there'll be a link below in the chat on all the different platforms, wherever you're watching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are making such a difference in so, so many lives. All right. Well, let's get started with our show. Today we have on Johnny Enlow and um, I'm really excited to have him on today because we were talking a little bit before uh, the show and, you know, a lot of the staff is asking, okay, Johnny, what do you, what did the Lord show you about the Super Bowl? So I know we're going to hear all about that today. So let's go ahead and start the show. Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. 13, 49 hours, declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Donnie, welcome to the show. I know we're going to have a packed, packed, packed show today. Well, thank you, Kelsey. And we're doing this. If, if anybody says this looks a little different, well, we're doing it by phone. We have our general service for the areas cut out. But uh, we're moving forward. Thank you, Lord, for the for the grace for that. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff. Yeah, we do. And I know, um, you know, we had some people with some follow up questions from last week's show. And so before we get into the Super Bowl stuff and maybe some other things the Lord's been um, speaking to you about, I thought maybe we could address a little bit in depth, um, go a little deeper about what you taught on last week. Yeah, so we definitely got a a big buzz from the program last week in all kinds of ways. Um, uh, uh, way increased views and over a thousand comments just on the rumble. And I was able to look at up to about a hundred of them and be very encouraged. We'll just say 90 something percent. It was significant for you and setting you free to a new level. And then we had testimonies um, I shared about a vision I'd had many years ago and about the mantles and about the low level mantles and how they were going to be being released and what they would feel physically. And so getting amazing testimonies of encountering the power of God with that as well. And again, if you haven't heard last week's for that point of reference, this is not going to be a repeat of last week in any way, but we will 
um, I'll clarify in areas that I know people are demanding uh, clarity in. And so uh, I'll cover, uh, I will, I will cover, uh, do I believe Jesus is coming again in the natural and the flesh? I will cover, is Israel still to be honored? I will cover, so is there a seven year tribulation ahead? Is the Antichrist ahead? I'll cover that. Uh, the rapture, um, is that going to happen or not? Or do I believe that? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that with, uh, just so you know, um, people are asking another question we'll go into. Are you, a, so are you a partial preterist or a preterist? Um, they know from what I shared last week, I'm not a futurist. So a lot of these things you can tell already will just hurt your head trying to process. There are so many different um, views. I remember when I was young, we, we had three basic views is like pre-trib, mid-trib or post-trib. That's right. Like where, did, <clears throat> where were you? You know, the tribulation was for sure. Well, now we have this whole new category where there's both partial preterist and preterist say no tribulation. So that's no longer the point of reference. But even among them, they and have explain real quick, just real quick, what is a preterist? Because well, some I'm people gonna don't do know it. what that means. Yeah, Kelsey, you're you're right on, and I'm gonna do more than just real quick. Not that it's gonna take a long. I'm gonna be specific about it, but I want to preface uh it by you know, just by saying having right eschatology is not the goal in an end in itself. It's not an objective. It's not like, oh, I'm on the right one everything's cool. The reason for the right eschatology is that it actually frees you up to do what you're supposed to do. Uh, for instance, by and large, if you're a futurist, we'll explain in just a moment, that allows you to go in some kind of hibernation because the kingdom can't come till Jesus comes. Therefore, you're not really participating in that. And also, it means your next expectation is for things to get worse and worse and gloomier and gloomier. Therefore, Jesus can come and therefore we can finally start the good stuff. And so uh, I'm going to address uh, address those um, in the proper depth this time. But I'm going to tell you right up front, like there's people like oh, we need you. They're asking me to go on Bible Prophecy Watch or some of these programs. I have no interest in doing that. I do not want to be known as one who's an expert on, uh, on prophecy in that kind of way, because the whole reason I'm even addressing it is because it's, it's a distraction for those who are supposed to be advancing the kingdom now. It's either a distraction or an actual um, motor for some, I won't say you, but some that refuse to participate in, in the way they're supposed to be in salt and light in society. It allows you to park, uh, go and park and not advance that way. But a couple, Kelsey, a couple things uh, first, and because and I, I know all the, all the questions that are out there and I'm just not gonna go in depth. I'm just gonna acknowledge, I know, yeah, all these balloons or those UFOs or whatever it is, I expect most of that is some sort of distraction and, and it wouldn't, uh, uh, um, and I definitely do not believe they are uh, aliens in the true sense of, of the word. And so we'll just leave it at that uh, for now. And yes, this Ohio contamination, this explosion of a plant releasing over a hundred miles area poisons, it's horrible, it's terrible. 
Um, I don't have a lot to say about either one of those other than to acknowledge again, we are in war. This is wartime and there are casualties from it. But the kingdom of God and those who operate as sons and daughters of the king, um, they do not slow down at all for it. They don't go into speculation mode. They don't pull aside, pull away. They don't go into caves and caverns. They participate in being the practical solutions from heaven for every challenge that comes. And that's more true than ever. And so, um, but I'm aware those are going on, but to me, they're not the, the, the big story. Um, you know, just a couple of, I just write kind of things that strike me as uh, important in some kind of way. The media battle is just monstrous because it's literally how the enemy both in the natural and in the spirit, how they go about uh, you know, setting up the narrative for their kingdom to advance is by taking over the narrative, stealing media, fake news. Um, you can see it in all kinds of ways. But it's it was widely reported, for instance, that AT&T has lost $10 billion, $10 billion in value since they decided to drop Newsmax. And it's not like Newsmax, in my opinion, has been the epitome of courage and 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 100 wholesale safe news to listen to but just there are enough of the truth there and so this is ongoing there you know the washington post has lost five hundred thousand, half a million subscribers since uh since in quote trump been out of office uh out of natural office but not of spiritual office and so this kind of thing is happening all over. The new media, the replacement media is taking place all over. And really mountain by mountain, what we're going to begin to see is uh, heaven's demolition and remodeling taking place, in-depth remodeling. You know, a house, there's, it's, it's really more the remodeling than the demolition. There's some things that can only be demolished and they're not rescuable in any kind of way. And other things, there is, there, it's like Twitter. Right now, for now, it's functioning as an agent of truth. And so there has been removal of the parts that were just advancing sheer evil, sheer lies, sheer destruction, and they are replaced. And now there is an engine in place that's that's providing a service to humanity in, in allowing uh, there's confession of of even the way Twitter was was being used itself as a tool and instrument, you can say, of the deep state of the dark uh, of, of the dark side. And so we have all these replacement things. We have Truth Social. We have uh, Rumble, Gab, um, just multiple, uh, multiple of, of you know Telegram that are used in some way or another. And this is going to continue. This is part of how the kingdom comes in. The kingdom displaces other things, and some things have some kingdom in it, and even things with some kingdom begin to displace that those things that are totally sold out to the dark side. And so. These things are going to continue to happen. I'm aware that they they continue to happen. Again, I'll recommend, um, let's see if I have one here. Another, because people ask, again, you're, that we're always telling about fake news. So I didn't even order this, but they sent one. But the Epic Times, they have a lot of true news and good news. Again, are they fully informed? No. Uh, but there, you know, the article from a couple of days ago, the group behind Zuckbucks, uh, which is Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg Bucks, 
they call them Zuck Bucks, gears up for 2024 elections. The fuel cost of electric vehicles overtakes gas-powered cars, study shows. So that's kind of put a dent in a sort of a distortion that came came there. And um, anyway, it, it's if, if you're looking for alternative, that's one newspaper that's providing some level of it as well. And um, they, they have their own objectives, but I, by and large, have uh, been impressed with their uh, with their reporting. So those are just some surface things to, to cover. Um, I have a, a, an announcement to make that since um, our last program, I have become, Elizabeth and I have become grandparents of Yay. a nine pound baby named Kalev, as in Caleb John. And um, we're super excited about that. Yes, it was Justice. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you. It was our daughter, Justice, that um, birthed the child. And um, we're super, super excited about that. And um, it means all kinds of good things. And there's prophetic messages on all kinds of things surrounding it that we can't tell you about. No. <laughs> <laughs> not right now. <laughs> no, not right now. But um, it, it certainly um, means something. Another thing, uh, and just guys, kind of just get rid of some things, because if I forget them later, I'll, I'll regret it. I had told two or three weeks ago um, about this United, well, I didn't say who they were, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's a United Airlines, former pilots of United Airlines who were in a lawsuit against United Airlines um, for really being fired. Well, they were, they were fired for not getting the vaccinations and they have all kinds of data and reports of the damage that has done for pilots and the dangers that is created in real time for those um well for those pilots and therefore people who fly in the planes but um they they are in real need for uh, and they did receive we brought up their name they received some contributions and and they're in need for significant contributions or their or their lawsuit um, won't be able to continue. And they, they um, actually, I was going to read it from my phone, but I can't just the way they're trusting in the Lord and being used by the Lord in what they're doing. They see it as a kingdom um, defense that they're doing. So there is a give, send, go, but the group is wins, wings, wings, wings for liberty. And I think there's a, a Twitter for it, but just look up wings for liberty and you're feel free to ask them any questions. If you need to know more about what they're doing or if you were able to provide a large amount and what kind of payback, because the whole idea is to be rewarded themselves um, in a huge way so that they can take care of all that. But I just uh, <clears throat> I felt to um, to mention them because I do believe this it really it developed from something that I was on a program, whatever, a year ago, and I was like, there are some pilots and you need to get together and you need to take on your airline uh, because they're forcing you to get a vaccination. It's not good for your health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of stirred and motivated in some way from that. And so there is a uh, this particular group is a group of about 30 of them. And um, so if you want to find out more about them, Wings for Liberty, give, send, go. But really, um, if there are some potential big funders, again, they will take, I know even they, they expect to be fighting for some time. You just look into it, see if the Lord touches your heart. And I know this doesn't sound like 
missions and but this is if we understand missions in the present day context we have to start seeing things that happen in real society here in the seven mountains uh that's ministry it's not not just you know going to another continent that's very poor and feeding the poor that is one aspect of bringing the kingdom and it's worthy to invest in those kind of things but this is a kind of thing that we need to come around brothers and sisters that are are doing something that's not just for their own good because it sets a standard not to be forgotten uh as well and so they can make a a statement for righteousness and justice with what happens there all right <clears throat> so now kelsey let's get to these things um we were we're talking about and we're going to explain about uh the partial preterist the preterist and the futurist and then i will say which one is closest to describing me because in the many questions i saw this is something that's out there and the reason i've again rejected allowing to be niched in this kind of way because if you're not it then you're like oh then i don't need to listen to him anymore because i'm not one of those right. and that's the problem right. that's the problem so even i'm going to be a little fuzzy even when i finally get to that part but um so a futurist this is as 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 it relates to the end times eschatology end times we want to make sure there's clarity for this on this one uh, the questions are there um basically um they believe, you know, everything, particularly from Matthew 23, 24, 25, and the book of Revelation, where it talks about all these dastardly things are going to come, come about, destruction of Jerusalem, of the temple, and then things uh, out of the book of Revelation that uh, we would say, okay, that's talking about the Antichrist, that's the beast, that's the false prophet, that's the seven-year tribulation. So futurists believe all that is in, our, is in the future and furthermore it's pretty much next and so the advocates for future uh, futuristic perspective the advocates for it are ones that expect things to get worse and worse they're 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 going they, it it uh, short circuits their processing if they hear about god doing anything too good if you talk to them about a city or nation being changed well that's not going to last long because there is this expectation that we have to have something really bad happen first. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then, then there's the intervention of Jesus and, and his return. And, and it goes with, you know, seven years of the church being taken uh, to heaven, the rapture and all these other things going, going so on. I don't know if I'll cover with, with Futurists, they're, they're kind of fall in the category of what we talked about earlier, like pre mid or post all of them are futurists but they just and then they break off to, into kind of three different categories from there well it's even not that that's part of the deal there's little subsets of things um so we just won't even bring in the post prid post mid trib thing just to because uh, we will really uh, there's some of that will that you know the ones there, there are the addicts to eschatology and 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 getting it all, all right and i am for getting it right within certain bounds just so we connect the reason i want certain aspects of it right is so we connect to the right narrative for today because anything you believe if you believe and it doesn't really change the way you act today it's almost a pointless belief um if it doesn't affect you today and so we want to go after things that affect us today what restricts us from being salt and light 
and it clearly has restricted um, the futurist perspective definitely restricts any focus and emphasis on being salt and light today. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Or if not, they'll say, no, no, I believe in being salt and light, but the salt and light they believe that they are being is just telling people that all these things will be way later, that the kingdom comes later, um, things are going to get worse, and they believe that some expansion of the kingdom or of doing right but it's not so anyway but i'm gonna stick i'm gonna try to stick with some notes so i don't go off off, uh too too far on these things so the preterists believe um a full preterist will believe that all those things and in matthew 23 24 25 and all of the book of revelation that it all has already taken place and including the return of jesus that that already happened in 70 AD. And, you know, there's a reason there's biblical, there's verses you put together that say, you know, where Jesus would address what's going to happen then. He's like, this generation will see it. Some of you are living here. They're going to see this happening. And you put different ones together and you come up with, with that perspective. And I don't have a basic problem with full preterists because for today, it shouldn't really change what they're willing to contend for. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's just on down the line there, there, you know, that will say the meta narrative seems to be a, a little bit, well, the part you're missing, the big part you're missing is I do believe I'll already answer that question that there is another, that Jesus, there is another return of Jesus. Yeah. There was some, um, some, you could call it some manifestation of Jesus or some that believe again, there's uh, uh, broken off, even in these three subheadings, there's there's little mini headings that go under them and that the return of Jesus that took place in uh, uh, that there was one around 70 A.D. You had to understand. So Jesus, uh, he ascended into heaven at 33 A.D. after Christ. And so 37 years later, and he spoke this generation will see a generation would be 40 years. These things will happen within 40 years. And so there was an absolute destruction of jerusalem of the temple and there was an ending of temple sacrifice because it was so uh, so overwhelming and that's why there is a direct connection to um language for the tribulation the antichrist beast all the stuff that sounds horrendous in revelation people say oh that's never happened <clears throat> not only has it happened but it was understood even by historians such as Josephus, Josephus, and there was stuff written by Eusebius, and and uh, I won't go into these names not to confuse you, but uh, I'm not saying to you, Kelsey, but I know I'm, I'm trying to, I'm giving so much, I'm trying up. to. <laughs> we can look <laughs> up the writings, yeah. But they literally, Josephus, you know, he's he is uh, the most respected historian from the age, and so from that age, and he is one that saw fulfillment he wasn't trying to make it be a fulfillment of what jesus said but he found it to be a fulfillment of what jesus said over a million jews were killed um the blood that ran was as it was described in the book of revelation it was beyond severity you know because that's part of people so when have we ever seen such as never seen before because it talks about there being 
this reality of it will be so bad that it will have never been that bad before or afterward. But you have to understand it's talking about for the people of the land, which was Israel. And if you compare it even to the Holocaust, it wasn't in numbers, it wasn't in worse, but in percentage devastation and the fact that it literally eliminated temple worship and eliminated uh, uh we'll say the remnants because they weren't they weren't even an official nation but this was the expectation as they were going to now be this kingdom nation that ruled and reigned through the whole earth and they were completely wiped out and it was uh, uh as as never as never seen before so i'm <clears throat> back to uh preteris and so partial preteris is one who believes that a lot of Matthew 23, 24, 25, and a lot of Revelation, and particularly up through, up till Revelation 20, um, has taken place. That Revelation 20, 21, and 22 has not taken place yet specifically. And so there's some aspects of it, including the return of Jesus. If you If you want to niche me somewhere, I would be in the partial preterist um i, I don't I, I hesitate calling camp but if i look at even what the official um uh, beliefs if there's such a thing i don't know who gets to i don't who gets to be considered the um the you know the and perfect source <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i don't i haven't found anything that i've read that i exactly agree with um, but it, from the standpoint, because people are asking, based on what I said last week, I said, the Antichrist is not in your future. The seven, the, you know, the tribulation, that's not your future. And there's a way, um, I said, all those things you saw in Matthew and all those things you saw in Revelation, they've already happened. Now, when I say they've already happened, I'm saying all the really bad stuff did happen. The, the bad stuff that we associate with the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, uh, great tribulation, all those things. Now I'm going to make some uh, adjustments to what I just said right there, but I'm still that is my my perspective, and the reason it's a partial preterist because I don't believe everything that's spoken in Matthew. I believe oh, there's a lot of stuff that are actually promises that speak into um, the, the kingdom being advanced, and so I, I won't say everything in those chapters um, it has already been fulfilled. There's clearly some kingdom um, outworkings that are still in process and the same with the book of with the book of revelation now um i'll go back to my uh, notes here now i'm going to tell you again over and over my objective is that we want sons and daughters of the king activated into being salt and light now not later not in the future not after something happens now. So if you can agree to that, even if you're wrong, or if I consider you wrong on any of these, uh, wherever you are, I'm fine with it. That's why I don't really want to get into just warring over those issues. And hopefully all of you can agree that wherever, whatever in quote camp you find yourself, either one of those three or a subset or some other, uh, you know, sometimes it's almost like uh, Baskin's 57 flavors of, of in times that come it's so true <laughs> but if and so we don't want to be separated niched and divided by that if we can if we can have some agreement 
lines in the meanwhile. So being salt and light, and we've gone into what that is, you know, light is willing to go where there's dark, darkness. And so the way it goes against often what is called the futuristic is, is like when you see dark, you go, oh, goody, it's getting darker. All the good stuff's now about to happen. No, when things get darker, they'll stay going darker and they'll get worse. And history is full of story after story where tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands and tens of millions and maybe hundreds of millions have died because they thought they were in, in there was some it was getting so bad that surely Jesus was going to come. And um, this did not happen before because that is not the narrative he's operating on. He doesn't he's not waiting for things to get bad enough. This is not a rescue operation. Uh, the coming of Jesus, there is some argument to be made that Jesus came in judgment in 70 AD. If you put piece together different things, mm-hmm. if it's not Jesus, it would be the day of the Lord. The prophets, most of the prophets of the Old Testament would talk about the day of the Lord, and it was not a good thing. It would be a day of darkness, a day of judgment, and it was judgment on Jerusalem, specifically Jerusalem, and it was for having resisted and rejected his prophets and his truth for multiple generations while being involved themselves in Baal worship, Molech worship. It wasn't like any kind of application we could give to today. Not people like America is in that same, no, 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 you have no idea. It's not, are there abortions, which now legally Roe versus Wade eliminates, well, at some measure, goes to the states and all that kind of stuff. This was the Molech worship and the Baal worship was such that what the Lord would say to uh, you know, Jeremiah, hey, walk through the whole city of Jerusalem. See if you can find one who honors me. Where Ezekiel is taken in the spirit of the Lord. So let me just show what's going on in the temple. And in the temple, yeah. the priests and the ministers are the ones involved in uh, sacrifice, child uh, uh, sacrifice and abominations. We now connect to deep state stuff. And so there was a judgment that set up had- in Solomon's temple, too. Behind the curtain of the Holy of Holies, there was idols set up right next to uh, the tabernacle. It's crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. And so there was a judgment. He warned them. Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah had to be accused of being a false prophet for 40 years because he kept telling about the judgment coming. And it didn't come in full measure. And then one level of the judgment was. Uh, people don't understand that the full level of the judgment wasn't even them being taken over by other nations, going into captivity to the Assyrians, going into captivity into the Babylonians. That was one. But if you read what the prophets would warn about, they'd warn about a coming day of the Lord on on the judgment. And so there is a connecting that's been made by uh, many. Don't I don't necessarily disagree um, with it that 70 AD, when you understand it, it was that kind of day. A lot of people make direct connections with verses of the Old Testament prophets gave. And so there is like, okay, that was the coming of the Lord in judgment. So the question then for some, again, for some of the the full preterites are, that was it. Jesus came back and he had to judge the system that didn't work. And he had to eliminate the sacrificial system for good, wipe out the temple. They can never do it. He brought, brought in the new system. And, and yet I feel like there's too many other scriptures that talk about uh, another uh, coming of the Lord. And this is, a, I'd say, a celebratory one. Um, his bride has made herself ready. And this is not to rescue us. 
is uh, it's not too uh you know and for those who like the rapture is going to come that's why we go back to this narrative we're talking about the future is like things are going to get bad 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 gloom worse 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 at some point you feel sorry for us he takes us away for seven years and then he judges everything and then there's some coming back maybe in some measure here or something again there's variations of it too, a third coming so he comes yeah right i mean you can get into so much with this johnny <laughs> and that's why i'm not about to go on any of these uh, t- for those of you who want right. me to go on some tours and argue with the bible uh prophecy experts you know and i i don't want to be insulting to them but i almost can't ha- enter a conversation to someone and consider them serious even if they consider themselves a bible prophecy expert if you don't have at least one person you've led to the lord if you haven't seen god through your prayers and laying on the hands heal at least one person if you haven't uh, seen the supernatural in some practical way advancing in that and if you have done nothing to do to bring actual solutions from heaven anywhere in society i do not consider speculating on the end times actual ministry and so i do not consider them or you a a minister of the gospel if that is all you've done that that, there's two things that goes under speculation which he clearly said occupy till i return not speculate till i return and so i definitely know that's not the row i'm to run it and there's knowing your row and where you run that's not my lane and and to get into uh um, uh, you just it's it's a tar baby and you get embroiled you get brought down and then not only that if if uh it, it it just validates um that this is what christianity is all about or the kingdom is all about is getting right positions on things and we we gotta get out of that that's part of the reason for the mess we're in right now is we've been able to have these technical theological discussions that don't land into the real world, real life. And that's not what I'm gonna be about. But I do want to answer for those who it's important for. I understand there's some, some sincere people. And so now you know, yes, some perspectives, partial preterist in the sense, rather than partial, I've, I've never liked the term partial preterist, I'd rather biblical terms. So. Yes, I believe the bad stuff of the Antichrist, the beast, false prophet, all that has had a fulfillment in the scripture already. And I do believe there are aspects of the the Matthew 23, 24, 25 and the Revelation story that are um, that are yet before us. And it's particularly the end part there. But there's even even the way the Lord just weaves in um, some um, some truth. it's just amazing because the, the scripture is meant to be read and often not the way we do that's going to be for another program sometime is how you look at the scripture how it can speak to you because people say if you don't speak into context 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 it's the only thing it's not the only thing it is a main thing but there is even biblically you'll see how that is uh um, how that is moved and changed around and how something the lord will just pull out isolate something from one scripture and have it repeat somewhere else and just so people have an idea for instance in joel 2 there's you know the story of and i will pour out my spirit on all there's joel's army 
being raised up. And then there Peter in Acts 2 said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel in the last days. I will pour out my spirit or uh, and all those things he said. I'm going to depend on what version of the Bible you have on certain things. And then we had Azusa in the 1900s. Their key scripture here out of in the United States out of Los Angeles was this is Acts 2 fulfilled. Um, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and you'll be witnesses to me. All. And so there's a repeat of the same scripture. And so the context, context, context doesn't really hold out because, no, the context, it did not matter that he originally said it in Joel's day to who the people were there. It was to have other um, applications. So anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, okay. I wrote this and some things are almost harsh and you know, I'm not a harsh guy, but it is unfiltered. The futurists, no need. I have to just say this, those and, and those that are the voices, the main voices for the futurist perspective. I do feel like a, <clears throat> a spirit thing from, I believe from the Holy Spirit and the Lord that comes against it. It's been so damaging to the body of Christ. It has had us operating on, it's like knowing you're supposed to have, if you have an engine, there's eight cylinders and you're operating on one. And it's just because you won't open up a part there because you've blocked it off by a certain uh, belief system. Uh, so the futurists, uh, you know, no need to do anything. It's all supposed to collapse. Uh, I mentioned the voice of, and not to bring them up again, but just because people have heard the name, J. Vernon McGee, who was famed Baptist teacher for years. I grew up hearing that when I was young. And he would say things like, there's no sense in polishing um, the brass on the Titanic. It's going down anyway. And so you see the application. No sense making anything better. No sense being light. No sense being salt. No, no sense finding solutions today because it all needs to crash anyway. And so oh. when you operate as, uh, as an individual who is embracing that we're in the Titanic and that's what you're about, we don't want you anywhere near anything of influence because you will try to steer it in that direction. I could go down that for a while, but I won't. I won't. So remember, Jesus said, occupy, um, which means it was a military term. Keep advancing what we're doing, the kingdom on earth. He said, pray kingdom come now. Um, and so I put this note. This is a part that's. Um, um, stout or strong. Futurist eschatology is not futurist eschatology. Futurist eschatology is an infiltration from hell to keep the body and not taking promised land. Uh, it's like Israel not going in, not leaving Egypt, uh, not crossing the Red Sea, not crossing the River Jordan, not taking Jericho, and then building an eschatology platform around it. I'm just going to say, you may be a good person. You may be a true believer, but it is hell inspired. It is hell inspired and it would be chastised as greatly by the Lord um, today as he did then, which they were, uh, they were essentially sentenced to die for their unbelief that they were, could access promised land reality, realities now. If you remember, Kelsey, you're very familiar with it, the, the story of 
the talents, the one that was given five and the one that was given two and the one that was given one. And um, they were, you know, occupied kingdom business. I think I like I think I had it right in front of me is one of the last things I was I was reading. I'm just going to read that. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, go ahead and do that right now. <clears throat> Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Who is that man who traveled to a far country? Jesus, who called his own servants, who were his servants, his 12 disciples. We can start with that and delivered his goods to them. What are the goods? They're the kingdom goods. I give you power over every work of the enemy. So you have the man traveling to a far country. You had his servants and he delivers his goods. And among his goods, he gives one five talents, one, two and another one. In other words, he gave some of them more based on he's like, I think he can he can handle more presence and anointing and, and glory, if you want to say another one's less at teach according to his ability. And immediately he went on a journey. OK, we'll say he went. He ascended to the father. He sits at the right hand of the father. And so while he's gone, they traded with him. Uh, they traded with the money <clears throat> and the one that made had five made five more. The one that had two did two more. And it said the one decided to just bury that talent. And he just, you know, that's just, there's reasons we go into, we're not doing a whole whole teaching on it. I, the, the, the Luke version of it's slightly different, but it's even great because when the Lord comes back, back and he's like, ask what they did with there, it talks about the meanness here. It talks about the talents and those that were faithful, he says here, now you can rule over cities. There was one with 10 minas, rule over 10 cities, one over five cities. Even that language super important to us. The kingdom is designed to answer the need for showing up in, in cities, nations, cities, nations. It wasn't just salvation. It wasn't just the souls. And so they were rewarded for carrying the goods of the kingdom in such a way that he's now giving them cities. And then, of course, to the one he called them. This is the one I, I wanted um, to. So he makes some, you know, the promises even in Matthew 25. I will make you ruler over many things. And and then the next one, you have been faithful. One was you've been faithful over many things because he had given him a lot. Another one is you've been faithful over a few things. And so enter into the joy of the Lord. I will make you ruler over many things. But this is the part. Then he went to the one who had received the one talent said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and scattering you have not scattered. So I was afraid. I hid your talent. Look, here's what's yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. I'm just going to stop it right there for that. You wicked and lazy servant. Can you imagine? Wow, how harsh is that if the Lord were to call somebody who's receiving kingdom stuff a wicked and lazy servant? I'm telling you, that when you buy into and embrace the ramifications of futuristic uh, thinking in this kind of way, the eschatology, the futuristic eschatology, you set the table. It doesn't mean you're automatically going to be a lazy and wicked servant, but you're setting the table for it. You're setting the table for it with your 
uh, eschatology, with your theology, the doctrine you embrace, and that there's no point to be, um, you know, taking any kind of action on behalf of the kingdom right now. It's just best to tell somebody else this particular narrative, the distorted narrative. And so as you become, he further tells like the Pharisees along with it, he says, you're, you're, uh, <clears throat> you're workers of hell because you don't allow anybody to go in and you won't go in yourself. And there's almost something about that eschatology. It won't let anybody else go in. And so I've been, yeah, there's a uh, part of the renewed attention to me. We got a lot of new people excited and listening, but there's a lot of, all of a sudden I'm on the radar of these prophecy expert people of someone who is danger. I must be censored. I must be hushed. It's the, the kingdom, the church equivalent of, now we can't have this this thing that puts us under more uh, like accountability before God for manifesting who He is on planet Earth. Well, I'm sorry, we're going to keep doing that. So let's. Um, I think it's important too to note what the servant says about the Lord that He's harsh and He's wicked and He's so our view of the Lord too has a huge impact on what we do with what he gives us if we believe that god is is a taskmaster and he just just do good works and all that then then we're gonna say well i can't live up to that and i'm just gonna you know hide this you know what kelsey that is really 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 good what you just said there because that is in effect what comes out and there's an aspect of the greasy fake grace too much grace message that has come from that and it's like we can't handle anything no just tell me he did it all all i have to do is acknowledge he did it all and there's nothing else to do well that's true as it relates to your personal salvation he did it all on the cross but at no time does he tell his sons and daughters there's nothing to do he would not commission his first crowd to be salt and light and he says my yoke is easy my burden is light yes but it is a yoke it is a burden if you have no yoke and no burden, you are into some distorted version of grace that does not exist in the scripture. This is not about your salvation. This is that you're saved through, yes, you can acknowledge Jesus did it on, but we have to start seeing other objectives than just, can we get an entrance pass into heaven? And and really, that's what the futurist, in some way, you set the table for. No, I got got my, I, I got it. I signed on the dotted line. I said the prayer. That's it. So you get to heaven one day and you're going to find out that you could have been used in accelerating the kingdom of God on earth and that he was worthy of so much more majesty, of so much more attention, so much uh, 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 more glory than you possibly gave him while he was here. And it's going to hit you hard. I will tell you that. That's why there is something in me that's not just willing to say, you know, these are just different perspectives, but we all love Jesus. No, it's a big deal. Because in the same way, I'm telling you, Jesus, that's why I had to show you through his parable, he is calling people that he gave kingdom stuff to. He gave his goods and he comes back and says, you did nothing with my goods. You are a wicked and lazy servant. Now, can a wicked and lazy servant make it into heaven? Yep, you can make it into heaven. And I won't say when you're there that your identity will be being wicked and lazy. But I will say you will have an initial great regret before you just you just then you will enjoy 
the, you'll be thankful for being forgiven of your oversight and all that kind of stuff. And you go on. But there's no getting around that this is a, a theme throughout Jesus' conversation is that he's looking for sons and daughters to be part of the kingdom reveal on planet Earth for them to be the ones that step up and them the beings, them being the being the ones that that cause darkness to flee. Again, you are the light of the world, he tells us his first congregation. So you bringing that up, Kelsey, was important because that's why they didn't. And there's people feel they can't take. No, no, no. You put anything on me. No, no, no. I can't do that. And so you, they, they accuse, he accused him. I knew you were a harsh servant. And so I just have to accept you as this total. You expect nothing from me, Jesus. And that's the only way I can deal with you, God. And that is something that's that's worth uh, confronting right now. All right. So um, I've addressed. And faith without works is dead. We know faith without works is dead. And we know that, you know, you show your faith by good works. And the Bible says we're predestined and foreknown unto the good works. So, yeah, you can really get into this. The grease, the greasy grace thing goes big time into all of this, too. That's really good. And what you just brought up there. Yes, it's clear. The scripture there. We were made for works, good works preordained for us from the foundation of the earth. And so whoever you are, he actually has written somewhere works that he set up for you to do. And they're not works in the burden kind of way. They're this right, privileged exactly. kind of way to advance the king and his kingdom on earth. And we don't want to, and, and the problem has come because we mix that and some have mixed it as being part of what allows you even to enter into heaven. No, salvation is based on its truth. Entrance into heaven is because you understand that he paid the price for your Calvary. You acknowledged it, that you had no ability to add your works. So you don't add your works to what he did on the cross for your salvation. So get that clear. That's not the point. But you add your work as your service back to him. He gave it all. He gave it all for you. And then it's just a privilege. There should be something. If you're born again, there should be something that comes alive in you. It's like, I want to do something for, for us, Papa, for the family, for the kingdom, for the business that we are advancing. And so that should be something that um, you are embracing. And it's over and over in the scripture, both, both the thought of works and rewards. And Jesus, that's, that's going to be a whole other program at some point. We still might do it. He's like, he, Jesus uh, I think I have it written like 20 times. He talked about rewards and he wasn't mm -hmm. talking about eternal life. He was talking about other honors that you will receive in heaven. Well, some on you get some honor here and some in the world to come. But there are there is honor that comes to you and you're going to go to heaven. All of you who go to heaven, you're going to find out. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize these, these people walk around in heaven honored for what they did while here on earth, motivated by love, not, you know, driven workaholics, but motivated by love, motivated for the kingdom. And we will realize what a privilege it was to live at this time and to have this opportunity under the duress that we experience to showcase who our, who our king is. So that is my primary passion over and over and over, even as I'm telling you positions that I, I hold as it relates to some end time matters. So um, 
I already covered Jesus will come again in the flesh. And, and so I believe that's in our future. Again, what about the people who think he already came? I don't think they're dangerous right now because they're just saying, I don't think we have to wait for anything for us. Uh, you know, again, what it, what it takes them to right now is that he's given us everything we need for advancement. And if, on that, I agree 100%. And so for them, they're just going to have a, a great surprise that he actually comes back uh, in the person, in the flesh, as some celebration uh, point. And so that's, uh, that's why I don't consider that like a dangerous error. It's just I don't agree with it, and it's fine. Um, Israel, is it to be honored? Because, okay, for these three groups, and we'll just do this quickly as well, the futurists, they do love Israel. And, and you will see that um, it go, kind of goes under title, we would say, Christian Zionism. And they believe there is a restoration of Israel and Israel in physical, literal Jerusalem become the center of government for the whole world. And that all the original territories of the, of the promised land must be given to Israel as a nation. They believe that the temple is to be rebuilt and sacrifices will be restarted as part of uh, 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 you know, part of this belief that, that they have. And um, I will tell you that I don't. I am pro-Israel and we love Israel. Taking over 10 trips there. We're taking a big group um, upcoming. Oh, yeah. I just realized uh, I'll take advantage. We have room for one. It's been closed registration. One gentleman. We have a gentleman who needs a roommate. So we're actually going above and beyond the 180. Um, and so we need, um, you have to pay for it and you have to go through the channels that we've told you about through Restore 7 and find about the trip. But um, it's officially closed. But you can say, Johnny said there's room for one gentleman. And so, because there's a gentleman that needs a roommate where I have odd, uh, even numbers. But that's a good chance um, to talk about that while we're talking about Israel. So there's more a position, a posture for those of you who know about the con concept of one, one new man. And that's about, Israel and the church operating as one, where they still hold on uh, to the promises of Abraham, but we have been included in those promises as well. It talks about that in Romans. Um, we, we have access through the faith. We connect to the faith of Abraham. I believe as strongly in the Romans, was it 19, 11, 12 passages that Paul has on, on Israel and its role, its importance, and their you know, don't boast against it. It's it's the original. We honor him that kind of way. And that if if there was, you know, the blessing to the world through their original, um, uh, the planting, who they were, though they were rejected because they abandoned and rejected the Messiah in all kinds of forms through his prophets, through the messaging of the Old Testament. And even then later, he talked about how much it will be like an explosion of life, like resurrection life, when they're plugged back in. So I do believe in the ongoing uh, a blessing of Israel, covenant blessing. I believe a lot of the rejection that they have traditionally had, because some think, no, they're reprobate. They have always rejected the gospel. That's why Martin Luther blasted them. That's why Calvin blasted them. No, I believe they are made for the sniff test on the correct kingdom message. And that when we have the correct kingdom message, when Calvin and Luther were preaching their message, it was a controlling, uh, legalistic, 
uh, expression of Christianity. And it, nobody today truly would even accept, I say nobody, except extreme um, <clears throat> elements of denominations would, ex would ex accept even what was coming out of the mouth. For instance, Calvin's like, it's okay to drown pastors who believe in rebaptizing there. And so he oversaw, you know, over a hundred uh, uh, killings of pastors. Oh. It was approval of Calvin because they were doing things, of, whether they're pastors or leaders, I think they're pastors even and, and many others, because they were insisting that the original baptism wasn't good enough. And so you need to have another baptism. <clears throat> I agree. You should do a baptism when you're older, but I don't think you should put a pastor or a leader or a speaker to death. And it was a drowning death that would take place. And yeah. Martin Luther, both of them were severely, uh, they became severely anti-Semitic. And uh, even Hitler in his Mein Kampf, Kampf book wrote about, he thought he was actually fulfilling the dream of Martin Luther. So I'm not making them bad. I'm just saying they uh, they were all that in, in in a lot of ways. And 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 so there was. Uh, but part of the point I was making with both of them is they saw the Jews as being so stubborn in resistance to what they called the gospel. But it wasn't the gospel. It was a distortion full of control. Women were not empowered. Holy Spirit was not free to move. And and so it was a distorted version. And so part of um, the sniff test of the real message that's supposed to rule and reign will be, I believe, and we're seeing some of it there. That's what we're already is taking place in Israel. We're seeing really the greatest growth of, uh, uh, of believers coming to the Lord and becoming spirit filled than ever in history is there's there's the, the, the recognizing this smells like something I say smell discerning that this is this is the truth. And so that ultimately becomes something that um, really serves us well, that if this is not flying, it doesn't mean in wholesale, 100% of them have to embrace it. But I think that's what we're, we're, we're waiting for. We're seeing um, how Israel responds to the true gospel, the true kingdom coming. And that is a sign in itself. So if you're picking up, I do believe in the importance of Israel, love them. I'm not a Christian Zionist in that kind of way. I do not believe. We're needing, we're, and in that whole Zionist thing is like Revelation 4 through 18 is only during the tribulation. And that's when the church is gone up in heaven for seven years. None of that do I, I buy into. But I definitely am not a replacement, replacement theologian, which they position themselves in different places here as well. Replacement theologian is one that believes that Israel, because they fell, have been totally replaced. And it's only the church that matters. And they piece together certain scriptures, but they do not connect it definitely with Paul's statements in Romans, where he talks about the re-engrafting in again. And so hopefully you'll have some um, clarity there from those positions. So I do not believe that there has to be a special seven-year tribulation period ahead, because if you understand it, uh, and I do recommend, well, uh, let, me, let, me, let me slow down and say this, because I really like people say, you talk too fast. And then we can't get this. And so this is a part you're wanting more technical stuff. I'll say that again. I do not believe a seven-year tribulation period is in our future. Well, it for sure doesn't have to be. And then I'll explain that in a minute. Nor does an antichrist that those were fulfilled. Those things that were prophesied were fulfilled. First of all, I don't know if people even do due diligence. The problem with studying 
Bible prophecy guys is people stop reading the Bible. There's like outside of second John and third John, two tiny little books. The word Antichrist is not even mentioned in the Bible. It's not mentioned in the book of Revelation. It's not mentioned in the book of Matthew. Definitely not mentioned in the book of Daniel. But yet somehow it's been pieced together and something has has come together in that kind of way. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And even John, when he talked about Antichrist is here, and the Antichrist, uh, he then said there are many Antichrists has come. If anybody does in-depth research on John the Apostle who wrote 2nd and 3rd John, as we did 1st John and Revelation, he was, what he was confronting, if you actually know the storyline, was Gnosticism. And there's a reason he would keep talking about the Antichrist spirit does not believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh. So Gnosticism, and not to hurt your heads with too much, but Gnosticism was something that came in in the early years or after Christ. And it was uh, a super spiritual um, belief. It was a, a religious spirit driven thing that, and it, it just a deceiving spirit that said, um, you know, things that are natural or bad, things that are spiritual or good. And in that, they changed the whole message. Jesus didn't really come in the flesh. And um, and so there was a, a, a making negative everything that is human or flesh and making uh, reality, the good reality, things that are super spiritual. And there's some aspects of Gnosticism that are good. It's spirit led type stuff. But it again, the key error was it did this thing of saying Jesus didn't come in the flesh. And so John would say, any man says that Jesus did not come in the flesh. He's an Antichrist. He's talking about the Gnostic. He could actually name there was a man he could have literally named who was operating as the Antichrist there because it was a huge deal. By 150 after Christ, uh, about a third of believers were now Gnostic in their in their thinking and processing. They were driven in that kind of way. So he as an apostle and the last apostle, the one that did not get martyred. The one that they tried to boil with oil, that's not in the Bible, but that's a known uh, reality of him. And he survived that. So they sent him to Patmos, island of Patmos, Isle of Patmos. He could not be even killed, but he went on the record strongly. There's an antichrist spirit here that denies that Christ came in the flesh. And it's not just a technical point. If you deny he came in the flesh, it the repercussions of that are all over the place, uh, huge. And so... It, it was not even talking about what we're talking about, um, but um, I'm still going into it somewhat. Again, I'm trying to do as much as possible this one time, Kelsey, not to have to. I'll answer some questions in some future programs and whatever, but I'm going to try to recommend people come listen to this one while we cover, uh, cover these, these bases. But for instance, the, we go, what do you, you mean no Antichrist, the beast? Uh, the false prophet and all that. And I haven't said this stuff before because I knew people couldn't handle that. There's a Lord's taught me that you have to be ready for where people are, and what they can hear, what they cannot hear. And it's like, uh, um, well, I say, you know, a two-year-old child, and it's not calling anybody out the two-year-old, but you don't tell them they're going to have to drive someday or they're going to have to have a job. You're just like, don't poop your pants. And so you keep the message simple. But um, 
at some point you have to tell keep releasing as people grow and are ready for it and i didn't want to cut off certain parts of the body of christ by uh by addressing some of these points too pointedly and there's the body of christ they they hold on to uh their tribulation and their antichrist like a linus blanket that they're not going to get rid of and if you pull it away the lord says go ahead and pull it away now we're, we're done with um we're we're, we're done with uh, i will say the mercy on this but the uh, you know they're not really going to do anything for the kingdom anyway unless you shake them up a bit but so yes i'm here to pull away your tribulation blanket and your antichrist blanket because here's the deal in revelation you gotta basically even though the antichrist is not mentioned there you get it from these things of and the number is six 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 and the beast and so you get those things from revelation and that's where you come up with it but you have to know even the non-biblical the non-christian non-holy spirit filled um, historians understood that the beast was the code language for nero who was the very wicked emperor of that day we understand that more than ever now. Maybe that's why the Lord says we can talk about it because they're like, no, why wouldn't he just say Nero then? Why would he say, why would he say the beast? Well, you know, we have this whole new language now. We don't use vaccine. We have to use jab because you get you get censored. You can't use the word or you get in trouble or they'll come after you. So if he wrote this book that would actually name Nero by name, um, anybody, any of the believers who had that document would get themselves killed as well as well you know the, the scrolls i call it document but they would have whatever it is that would contain that and so and then the 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 beast the numerology it was known uh, numbers have um they have a numeric value and the numeric value very established very known in that day for nero was six 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 so he was six 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 there is um it, he was he's likely even if those you what about the man of sin that was talked about before well the man of sin if you understand apostle after apostle after apostle in the writings both biblically and extra biblically you you come up with it was understood they believed him to be nero as well the revealing of the man of sin and you know about the three and a half years of tribulation well three and a half years is 42 months well what happened in 64 AD 64 after Christ officially but 30 something years after he ascended is there was a great fire in in Rome it burned down I mean Jerusalem uh, um, and it burned down no Rome a third of the city these storylines anyway just remember a third of the city is burned down and so in 64 AD Nero blamed the Christians for it and so tremendous uh, persecution that's uh, not just persecution. That's when you, for those of you who've heard the famous, uh, them being sewn into the bodies, uh, skins of animals around them. And then, you know, they're fed to the lions and dogs and other things and uh, hundreds of crucifixions every day and all that kind of stuff. Well, he went on that rampage for 42 months and then died. Um, 42 months is three and a half years. So I'm giving you just some ideas of there is, a, a very clear understanding from even non-Christians of how all the things that were talked about in Revelation and all the ones that are the bad things you're looking for the future, there is an explanation for them. I've had a book 
um, maybe close to 10 years on opening the seven seals. I have not released it. Why is it not released? Because uh, the seven seals are not in your future. And so it was like, I don't think people are ready uh, for that yet. It was telling certain aspects of what's going on in society. People, when, are, when does that happen? Well, there is an aspect of the seventh seal that does have a present and moving forward component. But before then, all that stuff um, already happened. But again, I want people to stop thinking through the grid of what about that? What about that? What I just want to say over and over. What about what Daniel said? What about he, what Daniel and then Isaiah said? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder and it will never stop increasing. What about what Daniel said? The rock not made by hands came in and busted this image. And then it crushed him completely until all those kingdoms, speaking of the next four empires, including the Roman one, were crushed to pieces. And that kingdom never stopped growing. And it filled the whole earth like a mountain. It filled the whole earth. And it says it in several kind of ways. So what 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 is it in you that's driven to think, what about that in some little negative thing and ignore the bigger, clearer things that are established both from Daniel, from Isaiah, from uh, David? I brought this up last week for those of you who need to hear, hear those things. But I'm trying to say, I'm fully aware by the, uh, uh, you know, the ones that are the experts. No, he's not addressing. I saw some comments. He cherry picks the scriptures he wants. I, it's not cherry picking the scripture. It's literally what the Pharisees would do. They would accuse Jesus of what they're doing. You cherry pick some scriptures totally out of the context. You miss the narrative that's there. You give up the kingdom. You give up the power. You say, we're here to speculate. There's no occupying. And then you accuse those who say and calling the body of Christ, let's show up. Let's be who we're called to be. Let's take a little yoke. Let's take a little, come on, let's let's take some uh, some risks on behalf of our king. Let's showcase what he can do and what's happening uh, when we do something. And so anyway, all right, Kelsey, let's see where else I left off. I jumped around. I get fired up about this. And the Lord's told me I'm going to stay on this um, for a while because that is time for the narrative that restricts and withholds his people from advancing into great stuff because it's kingdom showtime. It's kingdom showtime. And you will not participate in kingdom showtime if you are tied in specifically into this futuristic, no, bad stuff has to happen first. And then, uh, you know, then he's the only one that brings the kingdom. And it's like the distortion that the kingdom cannot be made manifest until the king comes back. Um, but yet people believe that you can receive Jesus and he stays with you. But supposedly he took his kingdom when he went and he and he, he announced himself, repent. The kingdom is here. And who was here? The king. My message is the king. The kingdom come together. So anytime you separate the kingdom from the king, you are doing a violation of scripture. You're doing a violation of reality because then he gave the kingdom to his disciples and, and he gave it to the 12 and then he passed it on to the 70. And he said, do this, do the kingdom I just did cast out demons, say the kingdom has come to you, heal the sick, raise the dead, carry this good news of the kingdom. This king, good news of the kingdom is to go everywhere. So it was Jesus, the 12, the 70, then the 120 in the upper room, then Peter speaking to 3000. And in all contexts, it was to go more and more. The last days I will pour out my spirit on my sons and daughters. And so you become an instrument of Satan if you in any way 
are hindering the fire that would be released on sons and daughters of the king. I don't care what kind of prophecy expert you call yourself. You are no prophecy expert. You are a facilitator of darkness. If you are used by the enemy in that kind of way, and I'm saying it straight. And if you say the sinner's prayer, I'll still see you in heaven. We'll shake hands. You'll tell me I'm right. More than that, but it's okay. So, okay, I'm looking at our time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, Kelsey, Kelsey, what are we going to do here? I right. know. Well, I want you to answer all the questions you wrote down because we can always, you know, yeah. we can always have you back on, do, do another show. But, I mean, as long as you get all these questions answered, I think that's that's good. Because then, like you said, people can refer back to this if they have questions. Well, we might just, you know, I'll leave. I'm going to because I want to mention briefly about the Super Bowl as well. And um, and and some great promises uh, from from the Lord. But um, I'll just I explain that here's what's important about seven year tribulation, because I did say, well, I'll bring that back up. I said we don't have to have a seven year tribulation. We don't have to have an Antichrist. The, the Antichrist is a spirit that operates. That's what John told us then. And the Antichrist is working now. If you didn't recognize the Antichrist spirit, if you haven't recognized right now on planet Earth, everything he's doing, the Antichrist spirit is active and around. You don't need there to be this eschatology permission for it to happen. And that's why I say it doesn't have to happen. If you get into reverse faith, towards this and that's what's the danger of the teachers and quote that can release this as doctrine that will believe be believed by the body of christ if you start contending and believing for things to go worse and worse and worse and for the antichrist to get stronger and stronger that will happen whether it's eschatology or not if mm -hmm. light will not resist darkness darkness will get mightier and mightier and it will always be antichrist it will always be 666 it will always be brutal in that kind of way. So the way you get uh, 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 you get rid of it is by rising up as the church, being the light. Same thing as a seven-year Could there be a seven-year tribulation? You're going to have seven years of, of horrible times and worse than that if you give up the farm, if you sell out, if you don't stand, if you don't arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Uh, deep darkness will cover wherever you don't do, and it will be Antichrist, and it will be tribulation. So hope that's clear for those of you. It doesn't happen because it's, you know, in the lineup. Well, it's, I mean, what's next? It's not because it's in the lineup. We're getting a lot of our tribulation right now because the church didn't stand up before. We're getting the Antichrist spirit at a large level because a lot of these prophecy teachers have convinced a high percentage of the body of Christ to be in hibernation, to hide the one talent that they were given and the Lord would call them lazy and wicked. Sorry for that. Okay. Um, rapture. The rapture theory kind of addressed it already. The rapture theory uh, that futurists look to and that's called out and it's been the most, I don't know what percentage, but it's been the wider percentage that believe that didn't even exist for 1800 years, 1,800 years, it didn't exist. John Nelson Darby um, was a, 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 a man that really helped make it popular and he used the Schofield Bible, 
Schofield Bible is what really made it popular. They got the original inspiration from a 15-year-old girl named Margaret McDonald under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And they, they came out with this thing that's a distortion. But what you what I didn't know till real recently is it was Masonic influences that paid for the advancement of the Schofield Bible. It was Illuminati money that was used and may still be being used in order to advance because how convenient is that if you are planning on taking over the world as illuminati and masons at the high level 32nd 33rd when you're trying to do that and you can read the bible and say i will build my church see he didn't say i will come back and take care of it, it says i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against them so what do you do to the church you turn the church off you put them in hibernation, you bury the talent. And so money has been behind the advancement of some of your favorite eschatologies. And so that's just important for people to know as well. All right. So let me just cover, uh, as, uh, Kelsey, <laughs> I could feel the Holy Spirit not wanting me to leave that thing too, too, too soon. And um, now I just need to find my all right, here we go. No, that's not it. Man, I got so many notes that go up and... Um, all right, I, I left it inside here in the middle. Okay. So yesterday, for those of you who didn't know, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. to And I was actually loving it. Both of those were the two teams I had seen marked by the Lord for coming to this at this time. The Eagles are a good thing. Um, Chiefs are a good thing. And um, and so, um, you know, back in 2020, I mentioned this this uh, book last week, the end of the world as you know it. And then very small, you can't hardly see it. A prophetic word for entering the new era. And, you know, I start out this thing. You think we're going is we're going to the end because 2020, the COVID thing came out. You your prophecy teachers were this is it. We're headed to the worst. And Jesus is coming any moment. They're still hanging on there uh, as much as possible. They've always looked for any reason at all to write books and sell millions and advance this thing. Anytime there's any trouble, uh, this is somehow headed for this glorious day when. Uh, horrible things happen um, because then Jesus is going to rescue us. And so that's not, not what happened, but I have a chapter there on the Kansas city, um, the Kansas city chiefs winning the Super Bowl in 2020. And the reason that, why that was a big deal, we're just going to have to cover it uh, without going and looking at it, but it's in that book. There's a, ch a chapter there is because uh, Bob Jones Prophet Bob Jones for many years and from way back had prophesied that the next time the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, it would signify a release of something big in the spirit, an apostolic culture release, which to me is kingdom, kingdom culture and kingdom leaders. And so that happened in 2020. I wrote about it. It was their first Super Bowl in 50 years, Jubilee. And Pat Mahomes had been at that time as the first quarterback well, still is, that ever uh, was able to accomplish having 50 touchdown throws in a season, both in college and in the pros. So this whole focus on Jubilee, et cetera, et cetera, there are many other aspects 
of it as as well that we we covered so there's another scripture that says in the mouth of two or three witnesses let a thing be established so this second win by the kansas city chiefs is about re it's about establishing what was said what happened what started in 2020 which spoke i talked about how it spoken to our commander in chief as well and who our commander in chief is because god has decided and determined he is our commander in chief and so that's uh, part of you know how we see the kansas city chiefs isaiah 2 2 in the last days the mountain of the house of the lord will be exalted as chief of mountains so it's speaking into these matters and and so though the eagles in philadelphia the prophetic is is a great picture as well as is of god that the two of them um were finalists and they if you watched the game you saw unbelievably they had like six or seven major matches and they both had won they were both 16 and 3 they both had scored 526 points uh for the season they both had six pro bowl players they had brothers jason and travis uh kelsey um um one on uh, is that how you go to his last name i got confused i see kelsey is like was it kelsey again we have another kelsey <laughs> Travis and Jason Kelsey. So they had one on each side. It was like all these things that were uh, were similar. And and in ways to me, even they also speak of, you know, the Bob, the scripture speaks of uh, really the kingdom advancement on earth being built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets. And so the apostles would be the chiefs and the eagles would be the prophets. And and so and it's just a slight, you know, a, a field goal of, of difference going on there. Philadelphia is a city of brotherly love. And so that's huge. It's this way. And then the mountain of the house of the Lord being established this kind of way. And Patrick, the name means it comes from patriarch, patriarchal father, Patrick Mahomes. And so you have this and this being established. They go together. The story is really a together. The score was 38 to 35 adds up to 73 see how relevant psalm 30 um, i mean 73 is for what we're we're going um through right now and um and even uh well i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna begin to cut off because that's the, that's the the main part i may write this up as well for if i if oh, i get that time would be here, wonderful <laughs> write it up for the uh, uh elijah list as well or even have it on my own um facebook but it's 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 in keeping with the what god is saying for right now it's super encouraging it's that this new thing God is doing is being established on the earth. And so that's that's the key message we want you to be able to have as, as, as simple takeaways. And again, for those of you who say, I don't like, I don't know sports. I don't like when you talk about sports. You don't have to know about sports. These, this is like, these are props from heaven. They're about the names and the numbers. So don't think of it as having anything to do with needing to, to love football, for instance. That just works nice for the guys and, and some of the gals that like it as well. But this is not the message um, uh, that, he, that he's doing. So let me see any last thing on, on, on the game. Some highlights right there. So the Chiefs win. It's confirming the thing is established. This breakthrough time. It's a jubilee time. We're going towards the kingdom age. We are We are rapidly being pushed into that. And so that futuristic perspective will throw you off into a distorted narrative and you will not be a fruitful child of the king. You will not be a fruitful child of the king if you embrace that for no other reason than that. Ditch it. 
and come into into alignment with a narrative that allows you to actually express the light and glory that he's put in you and on you. So connected to that, uh, Kelsey, you know, there is a, a, a report right now, and I got one even fresh from this morning, something wonderful going on in Asbury College, Asbury University in Kentucky, Wilmore, Kentucky. And I believe it's since Wednesday, they are uh, in continual nonstop um, presence of God in their in their in their um, assembly hall. I don't know if assembly hall, kind of their church. Uh, yeah. Whatever the the building there, I'm trying to figure out what what they actually call it. And um, and so there is uh, there are people. Uh, even this morning, I asked for a report, and they showed me live a thing. It was like. 10 o'clock this morning, jam-packed, and there's people worshiping. Yeah. It's it's not like a, a Toronto, um, for those who remember the Toronto blessing and fire and screaming and all that, it's, it's a it's a tender, uh, gentle at this point, but people are being touched, but somebody gave a report of a tumor falling off their neck, and there's people giving their life to the Lord, and so this is a wonderful thing, and if it expands, people will call it <clears throat> revival, so this is why I have to give a last word on it connects with my message last week. We need to attach um, the proper narrative to what the Lord is doing there. And for those of you who carry this forward, please do this. If he's visiting us in a special way, if he's refreshing us, if he's healing us, Lord knows we need all of that in a big way. It is not to distort the narrative and say, because Jesus is about to return. Unfortunately, every one of these visitations we've had even in recent years, and going all the way back to the, you know, the Jesus movement in the 60s, they were taught, you know, get right with Jesus. He's coming any day in the 1960s. Well, he wasn't. And it's not the narrative because the kingdom narrative is the sons of the king. The creation groans and travails for the sons and daughters of the king to showcase his kingdom in every area of, of society. And there was even, you know, I remember what came out of uh, uh, Brownsville. There was... Uh, you know, uh, and and I don't want. There's no knocking, but there's just a great person that was singing, and she lead out. It's so soon. He's about to come any moment. So we keep framing visitations around Jesus is about to return. Do not frame it that way. This is the empowering. This is the empowering that we need to actually be reformers to showcase. He revives us for an assignment, not revive yeah, us just okay. for that to be the end. And so this is so important as yeah. we see, and I hope this is something real, legit, and it stays around, but I so hope that we also don't attach an incorrect um, narrative to it because this is a time for the kingdom to advance. That's the story of the Kansas City Chiefs winning. It's established the apostolic manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth with his sons and daughters is to be into roaring fire stage moving forward. Wow, Kelsey, I got took us all the way to 1.30 there. Any comment, Kelsey? Any comment or any last question based on what I'm saying? No, I love what you said about um, the Asbury, you know, outpouring. Just uh, that to bring people back to the Lord, to revive them and to strengthen them. Because when we get in the presence of God, it just, it strengthens us. It stirs us up. It stirs the gifts up. It fans the flame to here, here's another boost to go out and do what my word has commissioned us to do. So I, I love all that of, of sharing that because I think 
we don't want to get complacent with the Lord and, and just not do anything. We just don't, we, we always want to be moving with God. We don't want to be stagnant water. We want to be flowing and moving with God. So Johnny, you shared so much with us today. A lot. We cut, we hit so many things. So um, would you just pray for people before we end and everything? Would you pray for people? However, the Lord leads you. Yes, I will. And I'm going to recommend a book, not that I uh, agree with every point in it, but it, it's somebody that felt anointed to go into the weeds of everything. And like I said, there's so many, you go into the whole eschatology thing. There's a part of it that you can just get lost in the weeds, trying to identify the right this and knowing who's you're working. Like we, we, we really want to make sure the main thing remains the main thing. But um, I found a lot of good perspectives um, from victorious eschatology, Harold Eberly and Martin Trench. And it's somebody for, for one thing, like all the stuff I'm telling you about, um how the tribulation and all these things in nero and the antichrist how all those things happened already if you want to get the in-depth the scholarly and who who also confirmed it the scholarly report on it comes out very good in there they are partial preterite so they used to be both be by confession futurist and they had to they had to realign back under what they saw as as truth. And so I'm not telling you again, I'm not telling you that if you read this, you've read 100% my perspective or even my objective, because my objective is what I'm saying. Let's be salt and light right now. Let's rise and be lights in every area of society. Let's consider Monday through Friday, nine through five, a kingdom window as well, and not just Sundays and our free times when we have conferences. So that's what it is. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing on planet Earth right now. Lord, thank you for how you're confirming things, even through football games. Um, you said, you know, if the rocks won't pray, if you won't praise me, the rocks will cry out. If you won't tell my storyline, if you won't honor me sufficiently with your own words, then I, I can make rocks talk. I can make football games say what I'm doing and about to do. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in Asbury uh, College University there, Lord, and let your spirit just increase and increase and increase. Lord, we need a visitation of your presence. We need healing. We need empowering. We need testimonies of the supernatural. We need kingdom demonstration to be there. And so let that grow and let that reproduce, Lord. And Lord, give us the grace to connect that to this assignment of reformation to this assignment of showcasing the kingdom on earth. And Lord, for those listening right now, let encouragement be released. Let your fire be released into them. Even right now, Lord, I thank you for all the testimonies of so many from last week, how they were set on fire and, and, and they were unleashed forever. They're never going to stop. They're never going to look to something in their future being what has to shut them down in their kingdom pursuit of seeing you made great in all the earth. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Johnny, how can people follow you? Get your books. I know you showed one of your books, but I know you have more than that. So give us a little a little um, update so, on where we can find you. Restore7 
org, which is right under my name right there. And um, we do have, I think we had over a hundred orders. <laughs> I just said, put this up last week. Cause I said, this is written in 2020. And uh, did I think that uh, President Trump would already be officially in the seat where Biden is? Yes. Uh, but the entire narrative, I still find completely true. Uh, and I'm willing to take a look at it, you know, um, and you look at it. And so that we have available. I'm telling you that because most of our books were in between some processes and um, we're out of as people are finding out and we're, we're hearing your kingdom complaints. We need to get uh, more copies made. We, we, <laughs> we have. I haven't talked about the seven, what we do have some of, uh, the seven mountain mantle receiving the Joseph anointing to reform nations. That's from 2010. Never could be more relevant than right now as well. I do know those are the two books that we, we do have. You can look and, and, and it, it'll, it'll show you what we do have. We do have the rise. Uh, I don't know. We don't have very many more of these books, but there is a, the video uh, Elizabeth and I doing it live, word for word, the same seven hours and seven minutes. It came out really the breakdown, breaking down mountain by mountain, how the kingdom is designed to show up. What's the lie it's putting out? It's all connected to everything that we're talking right now. And be assured we are headed for great kingdom days. It's it is absolute confrontation right now. The enemy has never been so exposed. The enemy has never been so exposed. And, many, and when the enemy's exposed, you can be like the 10 spies that go, oh, no, they're huge. Or you can be like Caleb and go, oh, my goodness, this is what's about to be bred for us. And that's exactly what's taking place today. Amen. Anyway, blessings. Well, thank you, Johnny, so much for being on with us. Thank you, guys for watching, for joining today. We know that it was a lot of information. I mean, you might have to rewatch this. And tomorrow, you don't want to miss it. We're going to have Krista Elijah on live. It's going to be amazing. Make sure you tune in tomorrow with us. And we'll see you guys right here tomorrow. God bless. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.